The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today we are talking about performance at work. And the name of the book is The New Game Changers, Driving Performance by Focusing on What Matters by Greg Long and Butler Newman. And today on the phone with us, we have Greg Long, who provides consulting services to firms around the globe, focusing on improving organizational and individual performance and helping organizations realize improved business results. He's Vice President of Organizational Excellence for the global consulting organization, GP Strategies Corporation. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Patricia. All right, so good. So tell us, um, in this book, one of the things you talk about is outcomes thinking, that you really have to look at what the outcome is. Now, how do you know that? I mean, you can guess it, you can make a goal, you can write a business plan, but are you saying that you should always be looking at that end goal in whatever you're doing? Absolutely. And in in fact, when we talk about outcomes, what we're really saying is that In any given role, people are doing a lot of tasks, a lot of work, a lot of activities. They're working hard generally. And the question is not how to help them work harder or do more, but what outcomes, what tangible results come from that work that they do and focus first on understanding those things. So uh, just as an example, if you think about um, a customer service rep. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, it's not how quickly they can look up an answer. It's how well they produce a satisfied caller who understands the answer. And mm-hmm. if they focus on that first, then all of the tasks involved in getting that answer, translating it, communicating it, uh, confirming that they understand it, all make much more sense. Mm. I agree. I think... I know another question that I have is what happens when a worker is doing a task and Mm -hmm. it is going to, it will result in the outcome, but the worker feels that it's um, mundane for them. In other words, they could be using their skill in a better way than what they're doing. Now, I'm thinking often entrepreneurs go through this, you know, where they're doing mailing lists and they shouldn't be, somebody else should be. So I don't know if it applies to a worker. But I, I'd love you to address that whole thing about doing, doing what you do well to get the best results and maybe letting somebody else do the things that, you know, someone else can do they, 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 and do what you do best. Sure, sure. And, and one of the advantages, frankly, of, of looking at outcomes first 
is that let's say you have two different jobs, the, the, the entrepreneur, the customer service rep, the financial advisor for the entrepreneur, uh, et cetera. There's different roles in an organization. And if you could list all of the outcomes and agree on what the outcomes are that each job could needs to produce, then the organization can sit down and say, well, who's best equipped That's to great. produce this outcome? So reorganizing, if you will, the roles or the jobs is much easier when you start thinking about, well, I'm really well equipped to do this particular outcome, but not so much that one. That's not one of my strengths, but somebody else in the organization does that one really, really well. Uh, Butler Newman and I, my co-author, we're very different people. We have very different strengths, but we recognize that and we work together well because we recognize that and are more than happy to defer to him to produce the things that he's strong at and vice versa. So by understanding those outcomes, it helps you do exactly what you're talking about, Patricia, which is leverage our own strengths to Mm -hmm. produce those outcomes that matter, uh, that help the organization go forward. But Greg, is that happening enough in companies? I mean, are companies really taking the time to sit down? And do that. I mean, it's different with entrepreneurs because you kind of run your own ship. But, you know, when you're in a company and you're working for someone, do you think that's happening enough where, you know, the employer is really listening to the employee and sitting them down and saying, who's got what strength? Absolutely not. Um, There are a lot of organizations that are starting to look at that now. Uh, I'll give you one quick example. We worked with a large uh, financial institution recently. And in doing the job around the globe, literally understanding how these various team members produce their results and perform their jobs, it turned out that the top performers, the very best in the organization, Mm -hmm. had a very different view of what was important and what should be done. And so they were doing it differently. Mm. We went back and carried that message to the CEO of the organization and said, look, we need to have a frank conversation. We promised anonymity to these folks. We need to tell you what's really going out on, the, on out on the front line so that you can understand and make some informed business decisions. After the conversation, they said, look, those people on the front line are right. We need to reorganize the jobs. We need to change the process. And we're willing to do that now That's that right. we understand. We're starting to see that more and more, frankly. And I want to carry that one step further. Doing that, how much does that affect the bottom line, Greg? when you have the person in the right job in that top performance position? Oh, gosh. The, uh, the statistics are almost scary, Patricia. It turns out that um, in frontline client-facing jobs, that typically 20% of the organization, of the people in a given role, are carrying something on the order of 60 or 65% of the results of the organization. Wow. Wow. Uh, so... Imagine closing the gap just a little. If we can take all of the folks who are doing a good job, working hard, trying hard, and improve their performance 10, 15, 20%, it can make a huge bottom line impact on the organization. And business leaders, frankly, are beginning to understand that. You know, they say people are our most valuable asset, but they don't really act like it. Well, once they see the numbers and see the impact and understand how it can benefit their organization, they're starting to act on that and, and behave a little differently now. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about, you know, your book is the new game changers. And one of the things you talk about is a, you get good results from good people, great results from good people, which we talked mm-hmm. about it. And then these specific outcomes, 
how do you kind of move beyond, you know, the requirements of their capabilities and their tasks and what they're competent at to get them to really excel? Do you allow them to be creative? Do you kind of give them their own project? I mean, how do you do that? With, Of course, without going outside the scope of what has to be done. Sure, sure. Well, the first step, it turns out, is often just clarifying what it is that's important. Okay. When people really, truly understand their roles and what matters in their jobs and how those jobs connect to the greater mission of the organization, people really want to do a good job. I, I have a bias that says that people go to work every day and they care, they want to excel, they want to help the company. I mean, just look at how people act on the first day of employment with a new organization. They're excited and ready to go take on the world, but they get beat down because the organization gets in the way. So step one is clarify the role. Step two is help them get rid of the barriers that are between them and, and achieving success in the role so that they can come up with, frankly, creative, as you said, ways to approach the job, think about it differently, and so forth. And we find that over and over again that the top performers in a given role have figured out a different way to do the work, right. a better way to do the work, uh, a better approach, uh, and it just helps everybody. Well, when you, said, when you just said overcoming the barriers... What might be a barrier? Would it be time constraints? Would it be too many meetings? I mean, what would be some of the barriers? Oh, those are some of the, the sort of the tactical ones, the time constraints, the too many meetings. The, uh, and it ra- runs the gamut from those kinds of things to uh, process problems where organizations put um, crazy things in a way. I, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago that one department puts together a report turns it into a PDF document, sends it to another department. Um, they can't send them the actual spreadsheet with all the numbers in it for whatever reason. The second department has to retype the numbers into a new right, spreadsheet because, in right. order to modify it. Right. It's crazy. Huh. Because of the PDF. Oh, that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one I'll give you a quick example on that I, I thought was, was brilliant by, on the part of the performers. Uh, in training, this one group of, of folks is taught for about four days, how to use this very complex formula to do uh, an algorithm they, that they have to do on their job. Okay. Turns out nobody uses it uh, okay. because the reality is they can get as closer, closer by using a completely different method of mm. making that prediction, mm. but they're supposed to use it. They have to use it. Uh, so what they usually do is make the prediction and then work backwards to fill out all the numbers in the formula in order to submit it, which makes no sense at all, obviously. So those right. are the and, and how, and how close are those numbers, the real ones, to what they had already come up with creatively? Pretty close? Oh, the creative ones that they come up with are better because after a while they get a, a really solid feel for the job and their instincts are right on. Uh, so and now, so their, their numbers are better. So now when they go back to management and say, look, I can't do it, we're, we're going to do it our way, and they prove it, does management agree? I mean, does management say you're right? Or does management say, sorry, you got to do it the other way too? Well, you know, it's an interesting question, Patricia. And what we found, um, for better or worse, I guess, is that the higher level the manager is, that he or she is, the more open they are to accepting creative ways to doing things. And what we find is that folks who are driven by results, who say, look, what matters is not the method that somebody used to get the answer perhaps 
but they got the right answer and helped the organization move forward in the right way. That's what matters. And, and they're not bound by, we have to follow all the steps. They're bound by, let's get the right results and do the right thing for our customers, our people, and our markets. Right. Well, and so this is what you do. When you go into companies, Greg, what's the main problem that you see? Is it communication skills? Is it, um, is it rules and regulations that people just won't bend for? I mean, what are the, what are the major issues, or are they very varied? Oh, they're varied all over the place. Uh, what we most often find, I think, are that um, we've built up a lot of layers in organizations, and people don't necessarily trust the folks on the front line. Uh, mm-hmm. What we found is that the people who are literally doing the work on the front line have a better understanding of the work itself, on the and results that are important, on how to get those results, and sometimes when you get away from that front line, people get caught up in the way we've always done things or the, the checks and rechecks and double rechecks, and they don't really understand the work. So our biggest challenge really is breaking through that, that cloud of noise around what is it that really matters to the front line? How do folks get their jobs done? Uh, what's in the way as we talked about some barriers of getting that done? And how do we help people understand those jobs better the way the excellent ones do it and how to get rid of some of those barriers that are in the way. Mm-hmm. And, and companies are now starting to look at that, you feel. You know, it's interesting because we, I heard a, an executive in an industry in the sales world say, you know, for years we've been pulling on all these levers. We've tried to figure out how to help people do a better job because they really do care. Yeah. But we're out of levers. We've got to come up with a different way of thinking about this. Mm. And, and frankly, our way is just saying, let's go to the front line. Let's study the people who are already doing the best. Use them as the design point and help understand the way that they approach the work, the way they do the work. And then use that as the design point to help everybody else do better. It's really a new lever. This whole yeah, notion of outcomes thinking is just a different way of approaching yeah, the, which is the great. challenge that we all have. Which is great. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Greg Long, who's the author of The New Game Changers, Driving Performance by Focusing on What Matters. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We'll be right back with Greg Long. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
Tune in to the Hospitality News Network for a look inside the travel, hotel, restaurant, and hospitality industry. Host Stephen Nicole and his guests will teach you everything you've wanted to know about this fascinating industry. Who knows? You might just want to change your own career path. At the very least, you might end up being a preferred customer. The Hospitality News Network is broadcast live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Patricia Raskin Show. And I am here on the phone with my guest, Greg Long, who's the co-author with Butler Newman of The New Game Changers, Driving Performance by Focusing on What Matters. Greg Long provides provides consulting services to firms around the globe, and he focuses on improving organizational as well as individual performance and helping organizations realize how they can improve their business results. He's vice president of organizational excellence for the global consulting organization, GP Strategies Corporation. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you, Patricia. All right. So here's, here's a question. I really like this one. You know... We, we often talk about getting um, talented people, but why is it important to create the means where we can have good people, maybe not the top performance, but good people produce great results and not just only hire only the real talented people? You know, a lot of organizations sort of operate with this mantra that uh, we should go hire the best. We should seek out and hire only the best. Well, there's a couple problems with that. One is there's only so many of, quote, the best around. And so we can't all compete for those same very few super talented people. The other problem is that the context within which a person is working often determines whether or not they're the best. I mean, if you think about sports teams, if you follow sports, People who are outstanding in one team may not work so well uh, or perform so well on another team just because they have a different system, a different group of players, and so forth. So what we, we learn quickly is that context matters. And so what we want to try to do is focus on what is it that all performers who are trying hard, working hard, want to do a good job, should focus on in order to produce great results. 
And so and by mapping that? out those things, well, those are the outcomes. Those are the, the, the three to five to seven things in any given job that really matter, that really end up producing great results. And if we can teach everybody all of the good, the average, if you will, folks who are working hard to focus on and produce those few things, that's what we argue will help them produce the great results that others do. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's, it's being very centered on what is the outcome and really looking at how you get there. Exactly, exactly. And, and the, the, the differences in performance and results can be startling. Uh, we worked with a, um, a, a large investment organization recently, and the relationship managers who are handling accounts around the world, um, managing the investments of, of various folks, um, it turns out that the top performer is so much better than the average performers, uh, in fact, uh, literally an order of magnitude better than anybody else in the position. And when you go and you talk to this person who actually happens to reside in London, uh, he said, I don't do anything different. I, I look at things a little differently. I have a little bit of a different approach, but there's nothing secret, and I'm willing to share everything I do. And in fact, he was an unconscious expert that had just come up with a different approach, a different mental model, was focused, frankly, on different outcomes, those tangible things that he produced along the way that resulted in great results. The other thing you said that was important here is he wasn't keeping a secret. He wasn't keeping it close to the vest. And some people do that. They're afraid to share it. Somebody will steal it from me. They'll, and once they learn it, they'll take my job. I mean, you have a lot of that paranoia. So he didn't have you that. You do, but you know what's interesting? We've, we've, we always worry about that. But Patricia, I have to be honest, with our top performers, the ones who are really doing an outstanding job, most often we find they want to share. They are willing to open up and say, mm-hmm. here's what I do. And in many cases, they don't even know what they do that sets them apart. It just makes sense to them. It's natural. Uh, and they're going about doing the job the best way they know how. Mm-hmm. Just really, really great. Right. So if, if someone is a good leader, should they be taking the time you know, to really work with their top performers? And how should they do that? What would you suggest to leaders to really help them understand what the frontline worker is doing and maybe learn from them? You know, what's, what's, uh, it's, great. it's a great question. It really is because the leadership is one of the biggest challenges in, in all organizations today. And too often leaders, I think, get caught up in the notion of I've got to work with my top 10% and try to get even more results out of them, drive even mm-hmm. more out of those since they're the best. But what we coach leaders to do instead is to go to those top 10, top 20% of performers, and instead of trying to get more out of them, focus on learning from them. How is it that they do what they do? What are the outcomes that they focus on producing? And then spend your coaching time uh, as a leader on helping the good people move closer to that set of outcomes to producing those things that really make a difference. So, so learn, learn from, the from those. Learn from them. Learn from learn, those people. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of trying to squeeze more out of them, go to them and learn from them. And what we've actually found is when you do that, they produce more anyway. 
just because of the attention and the recognition and the affirmation that they're getting as, a, as the best you know, performers. I would like to talk about what you just said for a minute because I think that's where a lot, a lot of people fall short. In general, in, in business um, in particular, is people do not realize that when you appreciate someone, when you say to them, Greg, you've done a great job. I really appreciate what you just said. It really made a difference to me. They don't realize that will take you, that will make your whole day. You you could output even better that day because of what just happened. And why is it that instead we get, well, Greg, why did you do it that way? You know, you just wasted time. And, and, and what that does is then that impedes your progress for the rest of the day. So I don't get it. Can you shed some light on this? Well, I wish I could. If, if either of us could solve that particular problem, Patricia, we could both retire, I think. Uh, but you're absolutely right. That's yeah. something that, that we see all the time where, where people are trying to have people do it their way, uh, trying to yeah. convince you that you're wrong, that I know better, instead of saying, wow, that's brilliant. Uh, great job on that. Can I learn from that? Do you mind if I share that secret with other people? Mm-hmm. Um, and ask them, but you ask them. You don't just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? The, one of the biggest challenges is People don't, leaders don't go to the front line to watch, observe, and talk to those frontline performers who are doing a great job first to be able to see, those, see that and say those things. So going there is half the battle, it seems. All right. Well, tell me what you think. I mean, there's so many, so many questions here. Um, I think we've got time for one more, and then I want you to wrap it up. How, how are top performers selected? And how smart they are? on how fast they are, on how, you know, how well they do the job. Is that how they're selected? Too often, I think it's random. Uh, and, and what we do is we pick people that because they're good at their current job rather than because they're going to be good at the job that we're picking them for. So one of the challenges that outcomes really help solve is if I understand a role really well in terms of the outcome somebody needs to produce in that role, then I can start to pick people who are best equipped, most capable, have the best experience at producing that set of outcomes. And so my selection process can be based on what people need to do in the role that we're going to have them perform rather than the role that they have now. So we we shouldn't take the most senior person. We should take the person who's best suited, most capable of performing well and succeeding in the role that we're looking for. So that's, that's what I would recommend strongly in terms of using outcomes as part of the selection process for a role. Okay, good. All right, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? If they get one thing out of the new game changers, driving performance by focusing on what matters. Trust the people on the front line. Uh, Understand how they do the work. Uh, There's some amazing folks doing amazing things in all organizations. We've been in dozens of them across the globe, uh, and we're continually amazed at how much we learn from frontline performers who are producing great results for lots of organizations. Okay, wonderful. How can people get your book and get in touch with you? Uh. The easiest way to get the book is Amazon.com, of course, um, and it's available there. Uh, we also have a blog, and we would love to have uh, folks engage with us, ask them questions, challenge us, pose some questions. Uh, you can find the blog at longandnewman.com. 
and we would love to hear from everybody. All right. I really appreciate you coming on the program, Greg. It's All been right. my pleasure, Patricia. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Hold on a minute. All right. So my guest has been Greg Long. The New Game Changers, Driving Performance by Focusing on What Matters. And you can get the book on Amazon.com and also the blog. Tell us the blog one more time. Longandnewman.com. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Greg. All right, coming up next is our second interview. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. We'll be right back. 